Welcome to the Healing School Podcast. This is a place where you can get built up in the Word of God concerning healing. This is a place of truth and bold faith in the Word of God. We encourage you to get your Bible and some notepaper. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you. This is a place for both receiving and ministering healing. The stronger your faith gets in this area, the more effective you will be for the kingdom of our God. Hold fast to the scriptures. The truth of the scripture never changes and it never gets old. These are episodes you can feed on time and time again. Please share our podcasts with other people. Most always, someone either needs healing or knows someone who does. God bless you and heal you as you hear his word. towards the Lord as we receive the word today. Father, you're such a good God and a good Father. God, we look to you to heal our hearts, to heal our minds, to mend our souls, to mend our physical bodies, to help us, God, for you indeed are our helper. You are so helpful, Holy Spirit. If only we would listen to you still small voice, the gentle nudging, the leading, telling us on the inside what's right and what's wrong. If only, Holy Spirit, if only we would listen to you over every other voice, over the voices of well-meaning people, over our own voice. If we would listen to you, Holy Spirit, we know You would lead us and you would guide us into all truth because that's what you came here to do was to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And Lord, we submit to that. We agree with that, but we also submit to that, Lord. We lay down and let you lead. We let you have your way, Holy Spirit, with a holy fear and a reverence and an awe of who you are how majestic you are. You are so majestic. You are worthy of our undivided attention, Holy Spirit. You are worthy that we should lay ourselves down, our own thoughts, our own worries, our own offenses, our own hurts, our own pains and sicknesses. You are worthy that we should lay those things down and sit at your feet and listen to what you have to say to us today. And we thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you that your word never comes back void, but it always accomplishes what you sent it out to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we ought to have a holy reverence for God, right? Not just God, but his service and his things and his church and his ways and the body of Christ as a whole. We ought to have a holy reverence. I was reading in, where was I reading the Holy Spirit? But I think it was Isaiah. No, it was New Testament. Well, anyway, I covered a lot of ground this week. 
And uh, one of the things, I, it must have been Isaiah. And I was reading about the fear of the Lord and the honor and reverence that we should have for the Lord. No, it was me. Maybe it was a book. <laughs> anyway, basically it said that because of what the Lord has done for us, because he has taken all of our sins, because he has made us into a new creature, and because we have a union with God, it was a book. We're never separate from the Holy Spirit. It's not like the olden days where they thought, not, not the Church of Acts, but like the religious days, I guess, where they thought, oh, if you sin, the Holy Spirit leaves you, and then when you decide to repent from being nasty, the Holy Spirit comes back. But that the living God, the majestic God, is with us 24-7, even when we're being mean and nasty. And that ought to send a holy fear through each and every one of us that is able to keep our mouths shut when we need to keep our mouths shut. That is able to stop us from sinning and continue to help us make the right choices. And the truth is, if we as Christians would acknowledge that we're one with God and that he's always with us, and that he's actually God, and have that reverence for him as God, you would, you would stop sinning. You would stop following the enemy. You would. When you start realizing that the almighty judge of the universe is with you as you sin, as you talk bad about somebody, you go to drink, right? As you look at your computer at home, you think nobody's looking at your, as you type an email, and you think nobody can see what you're saying. Type, 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 and nobody can see this. Do you know God is with you, reading that with you? As you take drugs, as you do fornication, whatever your way of fornicating may be, as you worship another idol, as you watch something that you know you shouldn't watch, we would have a holy fear and reverence for God being the majestic Holy Spirit that he is, we wouldn't do those things. But sometimes we think we're all right. Sometimes we get a little too full of ourselves. And we think, well, I'm anointed. Okay, but who are you anointed by and what are you anointed with? Like, think about it. Well, I, I graduated Bible college. I should know something. I'm a minister. I prayed for people. Okay, but who did you study in Bible college? And who anointed you to pray for people? 
have a holy reverence for God. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own needs, and especially if you're hurting. If your soul is hurting, if your heart is hurting, if your body's in physical pain, if you're afraid. You know, when I was, when I was getting really sick um, with COVID, that's really the, the most recent example for me. You know, I got scared about my vitals, and especially when I was on the mend because I had the oxygen on and I was afraid that if I, you know, if the power went out, what would happen to me? Seriously. When we took the little canister and we went out in public, I knew I had three and a half hours until that tank was out, if it was a full tank when I left. Church is four hours in the morning. <laughs> really, it was scary. And then my family being my helpers at the time, my husband being the biggest helper of all, I leaned on him, but when he didn't do what I needed him to do, I had to watch myself because I could let that fear make me cranky. You know what I mean? I could, make that I could let that fear make me so afraid that I'm going to say something mean to him because he's not meeting my needs the way I think they should be met. Because I'm afraid. And when you're watching your oxygen drop, 90, 90 89, 88, it's scary. And you're like, I've already been on a ventilator once, so I don't want to go back onto it. Breathing as hard as you can, as deep as you can, relaxing as much as you can, and you just can't get enough oxygen in there. It's scary. You have to, and plus if your oxygen goes down, your brain isn't working right, so you get what we call uninhibited. <laughs> and when you get uninhibited and you want to be nasty, it's a lot harder to hold your tongue. Right? So we, but with the holy reverence for God, we can do that with a holy reverence for God, knowing that he's with us even when we're in physical pain, even when our hearts are hurting, even when we're scared for our own life and the people around us aren't meeting our needs, we can still have humility. We can still have meekness. We can still have kindness. Listen, your sickness or disease does not give you the right to be mean and nasty. And if you have a holy reverence for God, you'll watch yourself. I'm not, I'm not just looking straight ahead. Not right, like I don't know who this is for and it doesn't matter to me. It could be for me as much as anybody. If we have a holy reverence for God, we'll be very careful what we say, who we say it to, how we act, how we treat people, you know, especially people who are trying to help, right? Especially people who are trying to help. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. We appreciate all of your words, even if they sting. There's no sting in death anymore. Praise God. Only reason that stings is because it's true. If it hurts, we're cutting something out. That's okay. That's what we do in healing school, right? 
I'm not here to give you something you don't already have. According to the word of God, you have healing. You have wisdom. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit of the living God. You have health and life and prosperity. I'm just here to cut out everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And boy, my knife was getting sharper and sharper every single week. Praise God. The more time I spend in the word, the more time I understand these things that the Holy Spirit wants to give us, these, if, they're, if it's a correction, I'm not going to hold my tongue because I don't want to be responsible for that. You know, when I first started pastoring, people used to have meetings with me. Pastor, I need a meeting. Okay. <laughs> I walked into the meeting, not, not, not knowing what it was about, and basically spend 20 to 30 minutes listening to them try to convince me to give them permission to sin, to do what they know is wrong, to justify their position before they did it or after they did it, to defend themselves. And one of my favorite phrases that the Holy Spirit gave me was, look, I'm not God, and I can't give you permission to sin. And I won't give you permission to do what you know is wrong to do. And I won't give you permission to not do what you know is right to do. So straighten up. Amen. 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 But I would come home after an hour, sometimes two, listening to people, all their justifications, all their excuses, and I was frustrated. I said, how do I fix that? I can't. And praise God, I can't. But I can be honest with you. And I can tell you to straighten up when you need to straighten up. Amen? So that's what happens, right? That's, that's the role of a pastor. The Bible literally says I'm an overseer of your soul. That's scary to me. That's scary. Because you have a free will. And I'm not going to stand up on Judgment Day accountable for your mistakes because I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. And sometimes you're not going to like the truth, but I don't care. <laughs> because it's going to help you. It's going to help you. The truth of the Word of God is going to help you. It helps me. It does cut sometimes. God corrects me all day long, and he's allowed to. I correct myself all day long, and I'm allowed to. The Bible says judge yourself so you're not judged, right? No, I don't want corrections all day long. I especially don't like them when I'm speeding. Because then I have to slow down. Because I told the Lord, if I remember the speed limit or if you remind me, I will slow down. And all of a sudden, my timing is off and I should have left earlier and I have to pray that I'm not late. And then the Lord says, grow up. <laughs> Praise God. I, by late, I mean 15 minutes early. I like to be early. <laughs> I usually get places a half hour early. But anyway, 
it's just stressful thinking if there's an accident up there, how am I going to get around it to get where I need to go in time? So if I just drive really fast, that's not holding water with God either. <laughs> he doesn't like those excuses. Okay, let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 5, and we're also going to look at Matthew 8 and Luke 8. So Mark 5, Matthew 8, and Luke 8. So you'll know where we're looking. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you wrote a book of the Bible, would you name it after yourself? <laughs> I would name it after someone else, just in case I was wrong. <laughs> okay, Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. A demon-possessed man saw Jesus afar off, and he ran and worshipped him. And we have people in America that aren't demon-possessed that can't get to church. What? But a demon-possessed man. We like to think that demon possession is like, that's the worst of the worst because you got a demon. You must have done some bad stuff to get that guy. But even the demon-possessed man ran to worship Jesus. Did you know that Satan and his demons understand who Jesus is? Every demon in hell knows who the Lord is. Do you? Do you know that Jesus is Lord more than the demons know that Jesus is Lord? You should. But I would say 75% of Christians don't. They don't reverence him as Lord. Look at what this demon says. And he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Not only did this demon recognize Jesus was the son of the most high God, 
He also said, I adjure thee by God that you don't invoke your right to torment me, knowing, the demon knowing he is 100% at the mercy of Jesus Christ. I mean, I like to say that Satan and demons are stupid, but I'm starting to think they're smarter than we are. Because people don't act this way to Jesus. People get so casual with Jesus. Oh, it's just Jesus. Oh, it's just his minister. Oh, did you hear what this minister did? Did you hear what this minister did? Do you know the body of Christ this and this person this and that person and they're just mean and they're me, 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 me. Are you kidding me? You're talking against the body of Christ? Even this demon is smarter than that. Oh my gosh, God. Help me be raptured. <laughs> it's true. Can we be at least as smart as this demon? Can we act like it? As a body of Christ in our personal lives, can we reverence God enough not to cause division in the body of Christ? Can we reverence God enough to treat his body with respect? To think that he actually is Lord and to do what he says? To spend time in his word because we have people died for this. People gave their entire life just so that you could have the word of God and leave it on your coffee table collecting dust. No, they died for this because they know it's the living word of the Most High God, and they want you to have it. They want you to have life too. They laid down their life for you and for I so we could at our leisure read these words. Seriously. You know, there will come a time when they're going to outlaw Bibles. And I hope to God I have it memorized by then. Or written out, or another copy somewhere. Because this is my home. And I never want to be away from it. But this demon knew who Jesus was. And he said with a loud voice, What have I have to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he had said unto him, Jesus had said unto him, Come out of that man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he answered and said, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he should not send them away out of the country. Why does the demons not want to leave the country? Because that's where they've gained authority. They've been working for hundreds of years on these people, and they have authority over these people. But did you know you do not get demon-possessed with a legion of demons overnight? You have to yield to it. And not just once, but over and over and over and over again. If you 
you have to yield to those demons. Romans 6.16 says, to whom you yield your members to obey, his servants you are, whether obedience, my favorite O word, right? Obedience unto righteousness or sin unto death. You can yield to death if you want to. I don't recommend it. It's awful, it's disgusting, it's gross. I recommend yielding yourself to obedience to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God. You know if you're going against the Word of God, your heart condemns you. So, <laughs> during my first marriage with Ryan, I was so selfish and wrapped up in myself. He wasn't great either, so neither one of us were great. But I was, and I was so like, you're not meeting my needs. You're not doing your responsibility. And even though I was doing my responsibility, I wasn't being nice. I wasn't nice. And I chose to yield to nagging and to yield to that anger that would come up inside of me and yield to that this is unfair spirit, right? I yielded to my intellect instead of yielding to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says love never fails. I mean, I yielded to him sometimes, but I yielded to me sometimes. And we ended up in a divorce. And the first time I tried to divorce him, I had the papers in hand, and I'm all the way down to the divorce thing. They're all filled out, did my own divorce, got up to there, and the Lord said, stop. And I was like, hmm, what do you say? He said, don't divorce him. I was like, you mean don't divorce him right now? Okay. So I opened my trunk, put the divorce papers in my trunk, and drove around them with them in my trunk for a long time. That's what I did. Because, you know, it wasn't a fair marriage. Second time I tried to divorce him, had, had to fill out new paperwork because the date and stuff were on the old one. Filled out new paperwork, had that all ready, took it down, overrode the voice of God because he already told me not to do it, filed the paperwork, and then when it came up to the default decree, the Lord said, don't. I said, okay. So a whole year goes by, and I get this message from the court that says, your case has been pending for a year, <laughs> and if you don't do something about it, we're going we're gonna to just dissolve the case. And of course, that gave me a new righteous indignation to go to my husband and say, ha, <laughs> remember when I tried to divorce you last year? Well, that case is still pending. Because I have rights. I have needs, and you're not meeting my needs. You're doing what you're not supposed to do, and you're not doing what you are supposed to do, and by the way, I'm not perfect. He's just too nice to tell me. So, I think I went through with it at that point in time. 
And on the day I went in for the, the, I don't know why I'm on this, but we're on it. The day I went in for the hearing, I told him, I'm going down for the divorce hearing. And all I wanted him to do was say don't. But he wasn't going to say don't. All I wanted him to do, and I looked at my phone the whole time, call me and say, hey, I love you. Don't do this. Let's work this out. But he wouldn't say that. But I didn't need a word from Ryan. I needed to obey the word I got from God. I yielded myself to sin unto death, unto the death of a marriage. That's what I did. By the mercy of God, God kept him and me and brought us back together, even though I disobeyed. By the mercy of God, Hallelujah. But I had a choice. And I chose wrong. And it ended in death. Because I yielded myself to the wrong spirit. And you can yield yourself to the wrong spirit. Or you can yield yourself to the right spirit. I'm not speaking from a place of somebody who's never been through anything and doesn't know anything about yielding to spirits. I'm speaking from a place of authority. I've yielded to both Satan and the Holy Spirit. I don't mean like Satan came and said, hey, you got to do this. And, but, you know, I yielded to sin, yielded to selfishness, yielded to wanting to participate and be accepted by people and things like that. And yielded, did things I knew was wrong. And I've yielded to the Holy Spirit who always brings life and life more abundantly. And he's so smart, and he's so loving, and he's so faithful, and he's so good. And I learned what an idiot I was to ever yield to anything but the Holy Spirit. I'm not kidding. I'm not putting myself down, but if you're yielding to sin, you're an idiot. Because the Holy Spirit is so good and loves us so much. But this man here, he could not have gotten a legion of demons overnight. He had to yield to sin and yield to sin and yield to sin and yield to sin and open the door and open the door and open the door and open the door and open the door. And, the door. and eventually, he went crazy. He went mad. He didn't even have a home anymore. It was in the mountains and in the tombs, in the graveyard, day and night, cutting himself with stones. Do you think that man wanted to be in that position? No. Do you think he knew he was going to be in that position from his little sin here and his little sin there? I don't think he knew. I don't think he understood a lit of what he was yielding to until it was too late. Because you're sitting here in this room, I'm telling you it's not too late for you. Because you're listening to this later, I'm telling you it's not too late for you. But if you keep yielding to sin, it will be there will come a time when it's too late. You have to straighten up. You have to stop. You have to recognize Jesus as Lord. You have to honor him and give him the honor and the reverence that's due to him and recognize that the church is his body. 
if I came up to you and I cut you on the arm, you would feel it. I can't just say, well, I didn't cut you. I just cut your body. I didn't harm you. I'm just harming your body. Is that ridiculous? It's ridiculous. That's why Jesus says, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So the next time we want to yield to Satan, you know, nobody wants to yield to Satan, but the next time you want to do something, because you know it's not fair, or whatever reasoning you I do this unto this person who is born again, I'm doing this unto Christ. Do I really want to gossip about Jesus? Do I really want to defraud Jesus? Do I really want to steal from Jesus? Do I really want to call Jesus a name? Do I really want to get nasty with Jesus? For not fulfilling his duties. For not meeting my needs according to the way I want my needs met. Do I really want to be that person? Or do I want to yield to the Holy Spirit? Who says love never fails? Who says he's long-suffering? Holy Spirit is long-suffering. I know that because I'm still alive. <laughs> it's true. Holy Spirit is long-suffering. I can be long-suffering. Holy Spirit has been long-suffering with me for at least 50 years, because I'm 50 years old. And I don't know if we can sin before we're born, but if we could, I probably did. I don't know. But I know I'm forgiven for it all. And if Holy Spirit can be long-suffering with me for 50 years... Surely I can be long-suffering with my husband for 50 minus however many years I, I was when I married him, right? Surely I can be long-suffering with you guys for a week, two weeks, a month, a year. Surely for 10 years I can handle something. Because I have the Holy Spirit in me who's handling it for me and who I'm yielded to. And when I don't know what to do, I go and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need some wisdom. Holy Spirit, I need some help. God, put a watch on my tongue that I don't sin against you. God, put a watch on my tongue. God, help. You said in your word you're able to keep me from falling, and I am trusting in you. But, you know, we still have a part to play because we'll get a check. Oh, you can get a check if you want. <laughs> and you can override it. I don't recommend it, but you can. Don't override those checks. Because when you start overriding those checks, your hearing gets more dull. Then you don't hear the Father's voice. But your hearing towards the enemy gets bigger. You're you're hardening your heart towards God and softening your heart towards the enemy. Did you know that? You can soften your heart towards Satan 
to hear his voice if you want to be his sheep. To whom you yield your members to obey, his servants you are. Do you want to be a servant of Satan? No. Nobody wants to be that. He's death. He's ugly. He used to be beautiful, by the way. But he's very ugly now. Because what was inside of him came out. We don't want to yield to him. Not in any way, shape, or form. We want to yield to the Holy Spirit who is beautiful, who is kind, who is loving, who is nice, who is God, who always has our best interest at heart. Satan does ne he never has your best interest at heart. Whenever Satan told me to yell at my husband, it always ended up bad, even though I was right. I was wrong. Do you know you can be right and be wrong at the same time? Man, I, I was smart as can be. I knew everything, and I did. I was actually right, but I was so wrong. In the natural, I was right. In the spirit, I was wrong. It's not okay. You can't yield to those things. Listen, we're children of God. We're his very own masterpieces. We're created in his likeness and in his image, and he loves us with an everlasting love. He wants only good for us. Stop working against him. Stop destroying the things that he's building in you and the relationships that he's given you. Just because you don't like a particular person doesn't mean that you don't need to, like, be around them, right? Like, you got to shape up. If you do it to the least of these, you're doing it unto Jesus. Hmm. Also not in your notes. <laughs> I get myself in trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry because this is what the Lord is telling me, but. Romans chapter 8 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not those who are led by Satan. And if you're born again and you're yielding to Satan, stop it. Right? Just stop, right? Like, just stop. Just stop. It's not hard. Okay, let me read some more in Matthew chapter 5 now. Mark, you're right. Thank you. And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of that country. Now there were... Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 of them, and they choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled, I hope they do, 
and told it to the city and the country, and they went out to see what that was, which was done. And they came to Jesus um, and see him that he was possessed with the devil and that he legion and sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. These natural people were afraid of what went on. And they saw it and told them how it befell him that he was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. The townspeople who had been, they tried to bind this guy, they tried to chain this guy, they tried to contain him and they couldn't. So now he's running rampant in the mountains, running rampant in the graveyard. You can't even go pay respects to your loved ones now because there's a legion of demons there cutting this man and he's yelling and crying with loud voices day and night, always being crazy as can be. And Jesus fixes him. And instead of being thankful to God, they're afraid. Why do you suppose they're afraid? They're not yielding to God. They're saying, Jesus, we don't want you in our country. The demons didn't want to leave that country because they knew they had a hold there. Jesus could have made them leave the country. But the people didn't want the demons to leave. If the people wanted the demons to leave, you know, the people didn't run and worship Jesus. Did you notice that? Only the demon-possessed man ran to worship Jesus. The people didn't run to worship Jesus. They weren't interested in giving him reverence. They weren't interested in acknowledging him. They wanted to live their lives and do their thing and not be corrected. How many times are we that person? Not the demon-possessed man necessarily, but the people that live in that town that we want to live our life and do our thing and not be corrected. No thank you, Jesus. We don't want you on our coast. We want you to go back to the boat and travel back to where you came from because we don't want correction. Do you know that when you reject a correction, that's what you're saying? Do you know that? Do you know that if the Lord has given you a word and you ignore him, that's what you're doing? If the Lord told you to learn a new skill and you refuse, that's what you're doing. You're being like these people in this town and saying, Jesus, I don't want you here. I want you over there. Only it's worse for us because now if we did that to Jesus, then we sit there wondering why Jesus isn't meeting our needs. Why, Jesus? Why haven't you healed me? Why, Jesus? Why haven't you provided for me? Why, Jesus? Why haven't you answered my prayer? Well, because you told me to leave. Because you told me you didn't want me here because you're yielding to Satan and not to me. How am I supposed to help you when you don't allow me to? Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never override your free will. I wish that he would. 
There's a prayer that I pray, Holy Spirit, my free will is your will. My will is your will. Whatever your will is, that's what I will too. I may not know it. I may not understand it. My flesh may not agree with it. But whatever you want done, I am your servant. I'm your child. You are my master. You're my Lord. You're my God. I reverence you as God. I don't care if my flesh is kicking and, and screaming. I am going to do the will of God. I don't care if it's impossible. I don't care if it's hard. I'm going to do what my master tells me to do even when I don't feel like it. Because I don't want to yield to Satan. Not even for a minute. I don't want to give place to the devil. Not even for a moment. The Bible says don't give any place to the devil. You know, we have Christians wandering around saying, where's the power at? Where's the anointed man of God? Where's the power at? Why can't people set me free going from person to person to person to person when all they have to do is circle back around to the last word that God gave them and obey it? That's powerful. Circle back around to the last word that God gave you and obey it. You'll get more of a breakthrough doing that than you ever will seeking after an evangelist. You will. Because evangelist signs and wonders are for the unbelievers. You being a child of God, God expects you to grow up. He expects you to do the things that all mature Christians do. He expects you to read your Bible, to take authority over the enemy, to stop yielding to the enemy. You can't have authority over Satan if you're his servant. I'm going to say that again. You can't have authority over Satan if you are his servant. How do you know if you're his servant? Your heart knows. You know. If you're not doing what God's telling you to do, you're serving Satan. If you're not doing what the word tells you to do, you're serving Satan. You're not serving yourself. You're not your own master. That's not how this world works. We like to think we are. Well, I'm my own master. No, you're not. You're either yielding to be led by the Holy Spirit or you're yielding to be led by Satan. There's no in-between. And as we get closer to the judgment day, darkness gets darker and light gets brighter. So you even know more now than you ever did before. You know what's right and what's wrong. Stop yielding to Satan. How can Satan cast out Satan? How can the servant of Satan cast out Satan? But at any moment, if you will hear his voice, today, if you will hear his voice, if you will say, Lord, I repent, I am done serving Satan, I break every covenant, I break every agreement I've ever made with Satan, including being mean and nasty and bringing division in the body of Christ, including not taking my own authority and not doing what I know to do, including messing up the words that you gave me and not doing what I'm supposed to do and what you've asked me to do, I break those off in the name of Jesus 
and including all those bad words I've said about anybody and all the mean and nastiness that I've ever done, I break it off in Jesus' name, and God, you're my Lord and my Savior, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do and nobody else. That's how you fix it today. Because the truth is tomorrow might be too late. I hope it's not too late. But I don't know tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. That's what the Bible says. Even if we think it's promised because, hey, I'm not 120 yet. Tomorrow is not promised. Jesus could come back at any second. And then boom, it's over. And who knows if you have a chance to make something right with somebody before they leave the earth. You don't know. I know people in heaven where the Lord told me to do something and I didn't do it. There's one person in heaven right now that I was supposed to take out to dinner and I would have loved to do it. It would have, I just wanted to honor her because she helped me so much and I just absolutely love her, but I was too wrapped up in myself to obey that word. I thought I had time. And three weeks after I got that word, she passed away. So I know what it's like to not obey God and then never get another chance to go and do that. It's not fun. I mean, I don't beat myself up over it because God's forgiven me, but, you know, it's not something I'm proud of. But I know what it's like. And I'm telling you, tomorrow may be too late. You need to be right with God now, right? This is a Sunday morning service, isn't it? <laughs> it feels like it. It ought to be. Whew, maybe I'll just play a, a recording and I'll take Sunday off. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll, we'll have a rainbow word for Sunday. So Jesus left because they didn't want him there. Um, Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. It's the same thing. I just want to read it from Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. It says, And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesian, this one's a little different, but it's the same country. There he, I don't know how to say that word. There met him two possessed devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. See, I told you, you can't even go say, pay respects to your loved ones. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept the swine fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. How sad is that? 
cross out his life. Jesus did a mighty work freeing this man from legions of demons. He's in his right mind. He's dressed. He's proper. He's the only one that worshiped God. He's the only one that would listen to God. All the rest wanted Jesus out of there. They just wanted to yield to whatever spirits. And you would think that when you see someone that's that messed up, that that would be a deterrent. You would think that when you see someone that is cutting themselves and in the tombs and in the mountains crying day and night without a home, yelling and saying, you know, awful things day and night, and you, you think, well, that's the crazy man in the tombs. I don't want to be like that. Stop yielding to Satan. <laughs> right? Like, it's simple. But instead, they said, no, Jesus, we don't want you here. We just want to continue our life. think. But apparently seeing somebody else demon-possessed or sick or suffering the consequences isn't enough to overcome our own fleshly desires or doing what we want to do anyway. Listen, don't trust your flesh. Don't trust your flesh. No matter what you do, don't trust your flesh. I never trust my flesh. I never do. Because it always moves me away. Now, I don't have the same desires that I used to have, but I don't put myself in those positions either. I just don't trust my flesh. I just don't trust it. It's flesh. Like, it, it's flesh. If I let it, it wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. I don't know about you, but I know about my flesh. Some days I wake up all woo, especially if there's breakfast. It's a fleshy thing. If I tell my flesh you're getting pancakes in the morning, it will wake up on time. It's true. Don't trust your flesh. If you've dealt with a sin in the past, don't trust your flesh that you're not going to deal with it again or that you're not going to fall. Don't put yourself in that position. If you used to drink alcohol and you used to be an alcoholic or a drug addict, don't go back around those same friends. Don't do it. Not even a minister. Let God send somebody else. Don't do it. Don't start taking their phone calls. Don't start taking their text messages. Don't unblock them from Facebook. Don't even care what they're doing. Just don't go back. It's a warning. Don't trust your flesh. If you used to watch pornography on the computer, turn your computer to where everybody can see your screen and put your computer in a nice, common room. Really? Don't trust your flesh. You know Holy Spirit's with you anyway, right? You know God sees that with you. I know it's a buzzkill, but that's what I'm here to do, right? Take everything away from you that doesn't look like Jesus. God is there with you. It's not like he looks away and says, oh, no, you go ahead, and I'll come back and look when you're done. And besides that, do you really want God to look away? When do you need God most? When you're in the middle of sin. 
Amen. I know that's a fun one too. Let's go to Luke chapter 8 before I get in trouble. You guys still love me, right? Luke chapter 8. There was no resounding amen. Dang it. Try one more time. You guys still love me, right? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I'm just obeying God here, you guys. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. Same story. And they arrived at the end of the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to the, the land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils in long time, and wear no clothes, neither, <laughs> now he was naked, oh my gosh, <laughs> neither abode in any house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven out of driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were injured into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. Basically, I guess, back to hell. And there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of this man and entered into the swine, and, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Notice how the demons did not have power to kill the man, even though the man was the best. They had power to harm him, but not to kill him. But they had power to kill the swine. Satan does not have as much power as you think he has. And if you would stop yielding to him, he would have no power at all. Amen. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, which saw it, told them by what means he, had, he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round, round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up to the ship and returned back to they asked Jesus to leave, and what did he do? He said, no, I'm not leaving. I love you, and I'm going to save you. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. They asked him to leave, and he left. When you yield to some other spirit except for the Holy Spirit, you are asking Jesus to leave. You are saying, God, I don't want your instruction. I want to do what I want to do. You're yielding to sin unto death and asking Jesus to leave. 
and then you're asking Jesus why he's not protecting you, why he's not healing you, why he's not providing for you, why he's not helping you, why he's not promoting you. Are you serious? You just told Jesus to go back across the sea. If God told you to do something, you need to do it. This may be your last chance. If God told you to learn a new skill, learn a new skill. Humble yourself. Don't do things the way you've always done things. Because the way you've always done things isn't working out very well. Do what God is telling you to do. Do what the word is saying. If God is dealing you with the tithe, you better start tithing. If God is dealing with you with being kind, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is kind. Love is kind. Love is kind. I wasn't kind when I first married Sharon Bryan. Sometimes I was kind. Not always. Sometimes I was not. But love is kind. Can I actually say that I loved him the first time around? Sometimes, because sometimes I was kind. But I wasn't kind all the time. But love is always kind. Is God telling you to be kind? Is God telling you to be nice to the people that are helping you? And stop being so upset when they don't perform according to your liking? You know, that alone will get you healed if you just obey that word. That alone will get you healed. Go back and do what God told you to do. Go back and repent and say, God, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm done yielding to Satan and I'm sorry I didn't obey you. God, redeem the time for me and help me. Heal my body. you to do as a believer we're not because we're children of God because we're not unbelievers we don't have to search around for a man of God to lay hands on us unbelievers have to do that because they haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit they haven't received the power of God but we've received the power of God we don't need to go from place to place can you be a believer? Can you be desperate? Oh, you look like you're in the word. You pray for me. Oh, you look like you're in the word. You pray for me. I heard you quote a scripture. You pray for me. Oh, the pastor let you go up on stage. You pray for me. No, you pray for me. No, you pray for me. And then everybody knows you're stupid. Everybody knows your struggle. You're getting all kinds of attention from it but you're not getting healed. Why not? It's not because you're not trying to get healed because you just asked 20 people to pray for you. It's because you're not obeying God. It's because you're yielding to the enemy. You need to stop that. You have to not yield to Satan. Don't give him a place. I can obey God for a week and then yield to Satan and I'm still giving place to the devil. We can't do that. 
Don't give keys to the devil. Just stop giving him a foothold. This man did not get all these demons overnight. There's no indication that he did. He was possessed for a long time. That's a long time when you're healing someone. Starts off with this, you know, a bad word here, a bad word there. A little bit of meanness here, a little bit of gossip here. A little bit of not obeying God here. And before you know it, your ears start to get dull. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, but you can't hear the Father anymore. You need to fix it. 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 You need to do something. What do you need to do? You need to repent. You need to stop yielding to the enemy and start yielding to the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God. You're a son of God. You're saved. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying that stop yielding to the enemy. If you knew who you were in the Spirit, like if you really saw yourself, you would never have another bad day in your life because you would see how beautiful, how powerful, how loved that you are. And you wouldn't need your knees to knuckle up and obey demons. If you saw yourself like God saw you, you would go around like you read it in Ryan Sounds last. I'm blessed. Because we know something. We know something. We know how God sees us. We don't see ourselves like, I know how I see me. I endeavor to see myself like God sees me, but that's, that's a process. I just choose not to believe myself over God. Or any other voice. I'm not going to yield to Satan, and I'm not going to yield to Cindy. I'm going to yield to God, and only God. I'm not even going to yield to people who tell me I do a great job. I've had sermons, oh my gosh, where I, I know in my heart I messed up. I know in my heart I shut down the Holy Spirit and went the wrong way, and people come out and say, oh, that was a great sermon. That really touched me. That really blessed me. But I know the voice of God, and God says, that didn't bless me. But I used it for their good anyway, because I love them. So get your act together, and next time yield to the Holy Spirit. But you have to miss it in order to know what it's like to miss it and to get it right. You do. If you've never missed it before, just wait. You do. You have to miss it. Discernment, and I, and I really wrestle with this scripture, but discernment is only grown by reason of use. That means you got to get it right to know what it feels like to get it right, and you got to get it wrong to know what it feels like to get it wrong. I just pray that when I do get it wrong, that God will use it for his good anyway and that it won't cause very bad consequences, right? But you got to get it right. You got to, and 
sometimes I have preached and God is like, I am well pleased and I feel like the heavens are opened and God just gives me anything I want and, and nobody says a word and everyone just kind of is like, and in the natural, I'm just like, mm, I don't know if we're going to have a church next week, but God is well pleased with me, so here we go. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We just can't listen to any other voice but God's because his voice is the one that matters. You're not going to be sitting up there on Judgment Day telling me how I did, but God is. I'm not going to be sitting up there on Judgment Day telling you how you did, but God is. I can't give you permission to sin, and I won't, but I don't have the authority to. So if you sin, it's not on me, it's on you. But I recommend that you don't, because we don't want to yield ourselves to Satan. We want to yield ourselves to God, amen? So the power of God is real, and I'm going to close with this. Here's more Habakkuk. <laughs> Just one more. Second Kings 17, 34 through 39. Don't yield to any other idol. Amen. That's the other thing. If you're yielding to somebody else's voice, you're making them above God, making them your God, making them your idol. And then even if you did find a pastor that would tell you you could sin, even if you did find a pastor that agreed with your justification of not following God's voice and not obeying the Lord, even if you did find somebody that would do that for you, they don't have the authority to do that. You're just making them an idol. Now I know why God put that there. Amen. But I'm going to close with this. You have the power of the living God on the inside of you. As children of God, God wants us to grow up. He wants us to be mature believers learning and growing and obeying and doing what he's asked us to do because he has more of his Holy Spirit to pour out on us. He has more of his goodness to pour out on us. He has more prosperity to pour out on us. He has more to put, he has more help to pour out on us. He has more glory, more he just has so much more he wants to pour out on us. And we have to enlarge our capacity to receive by obeying him. Amen? The more we obey him, the more we're going to be able to receive from him. Amen? So if you take one thing away from today, I want you to take this away. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Don't be led by the enemy. Don't be Satan's sheep. Be Jesus' sheep. You are a sheep. I didn't used to like that either. But you are a sheep. But don't be Satan's sheep. Don't hear his voice. Hear God's voice. And if you're in a position where you yielded so much to the enemy that you can hear the enemy's voice better than God's, stop it. Stop yielding to the enemy. When God tells you to do something, do it. Do everything you know to do in the Bible and don't make excuses for it. Fulfill your commitments. Don't let your heart condemn you. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in a place pretty soon 
on this earth, I believe with all my heart, where the body of Christ rises up so big and so strong and is so ready to fight the enemy at every turn. But how are we going to do that when you yield to the Holy Spirit and you 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 and me and everybody listening later and we're all yielding to the Holy Spirit and he's bringing us together like this and he's bringing us together and bringing us together and the body of Christ is growing and getting built up and nourished and pretty soon we're all strong and then if Christ wants to take his sword and do this and slay the enemy he can because every single person that makes up this body is in their position and doing what they're supposed to do. You know, you're not just God's hand. You're not just God's finger because there's so many people in the world. You're probably a part of the finger. And that's okay. But you need, Christ needs every part of his body to be strong and to rise up and to be able to overcome and to walk in their authority. You know, the word of God says that the prince of the world came to Christ and found nothing in him. Didn't find any sickness, didn't find any disease, didn't find any sin, didn't find any reason that Satan could be a, have authority over Christ. So my question to you is, are you allowing Satan to have authority over you as a member of the body of Christ? Stop it. It's time. It's time for every one of us to be healed. It's not just by somebody laying hands on you. I believe in the laying on of hands. We do it all the time. I believe in instant miracles. We see it all the time. But, but it's time for you to receive your miracle even in your house, even just by reading the word of God, repenting before God and obeying God. You have the same resurrection power inside of you that I have inside of me. And the last I checked, God's not out of power. And if you have that same power, it ought to be working for you like it's working for me. It ought to be working for you every single time, David. And it will. It will. Just start doing what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. The Holy Spirit is inside of us quickening to life our mortal bodies. That means every second of every single day, he's constantly telling every cell in my entire body to be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive. Be healed, be made whole, be alive. Every second of every day, and you've got the same spirit in you. He's doing the same thing in you. We just have to stop fighting him. How do we fight him with our thoughts? I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm not good enough. Stop fighting your Holy Spirit. Start agreeing with him, Holy Spirit. I'm healed. Can I give you guys one more example? I, want to, I really feel led of the Lord to give this. I want to sit down, but I don't want this to block everything. Oh, well, I'm going to sit over here anyway. We'll see how it goes. So there is one woman. She's in heaven now. Praise God, she's in heaven. But when we first started healing school back in 2014, 
she was in healing school, and she's a very precious woman. She's so nice. Um, but she was crippled in so many ways, not completely crippled, but, you know, she couldn't really do a lot of things for herself very much. She needed help. She did. But not to the extent that she demanded it. So I was praying for her, and, you know, the swelling in her legs would go down some, and she'd be able to stand a little bit better, and, you know, then she'd go home, and she'd come back, and we only had, I think we had healing school two days a week back then, and she'd come back, and then um, she'd be right where she was. I was like, okay, what's going on? Finally, the Lord said, give her an assignment. Tell her that every day this week that she needs a glass of water, she needs to get up and get it herself. And so I told her, I said, the Lord says, when you need a drink of water, you need to get up and get it yourself. And um, she was a little upset with those instructions because she had a husband who wasn't doing everything that she thought he should do and wasn't taking care of her the way she thought she should be taking care of her. So she was angry at him. And so the only attention she would get from her husband or other people is when she would demand help. And so she would demand help. You get me a glass of water. Her husband was pretty healthy at the time. He's also in heaven now. But he was pretty healthy at the time. And um, sometimes he'd get it for her. But then he'd go off and do his own thing because he doesn't want to see that. He knows she can get up and get her own water. She's just not doing it. He's not. He doesn't want to be manipulated, right? Nobody wants to be manipulated. And... Um, so I gave her the instructions, and then she came back the next week, and she looked a little kind of the same, and I said, what happened? Did you do what I asked you to do? And she said, yes. And I said, really? Because <laughs> I already know she did not follow the instructions. And she said, well, I did the first day, but the second day, it was too, it, it was too hard. I didn't. I didn't want to. And besides that, if I got my own water, my husband wouldn't cater to me. He wouldn't help me. And I said to her, by the spirit of the Lord, I said, you better get up and start doing what you know to do, what you can do. You better stop acting like you're sicker than you are just to get sympathy. And she didn't. And she died. And it's really sad. So we got to be careful not to do those things. If you can do it yourself, do it yourself. I mean, it's not a pride thing. It's not a pride thing. If you need help, take help. Praise God. If someone's offering to help you, take the help. That's fine. But if you can do it yourself and you're demanding help, and that's usually when you can tell. If someone's mean and nasty about getting their help, you can usually tell that they probably could do it themselves. They just don't want to. If you have enough energy to be mean and nasty, you have enough energy to get up and do something yourself. Amen? Amen? That's one of the ways I could tell I was getting better because I was getting irritated with my helper. I was like, mm, guess I better get out of the bed and do it myself. Better get up and walk. Better do the things I can do. You know, because if you have, it takes energy to be angry. 
It takes energy to be mean and nasty and tell people off. It takes energy to do that. Don't waste your energy doing that. Use your energy to do what you know to do. If you're sick, if you have mo you know, mobility issues and stuff, but you can do something, don't let people make provision for you if you know you can do it. You can say, hey, I might be a little bit slower than you, but I can do this and I'd like to get it done. I'd like to get my own water. I'd like to wash my own dishes. You know, when I was coming back from COVID, that's the thing that I did was I wanted to wash my own dish so badly. I couldn't even stand up straight for five minutes. My body was so ridiculously weak. But I walked over to the sink and I washed a dish because healed people wash dishes. <laughs> I don't really want to wash my dishes now because, you know, been there, done that. But healed people wash dishes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to deal with our attitudes. Go for the chores. Don't sit there sad that you can't go bowling. Get up and do your dishes. You do enough dishes, you pick up enough stuff off the floor, you're going to be able to go bowling. The fun stuff will come. It will. I promise you. I can go bowling now. I can carry a big eight-pound bowling ball and shoof it all the way down the thing. I had troubles holding a dish and standing in place. So I know, I didn't be like, oh, I can't go bowling, I better not get out of bed. You know, I said, I healed people do dishes, let me wash my dish. Let me, let me try, let me help, let me, let me do something that I can do. Let me sweep the floor, let me try to mop. I could only mop a little, little tiny square <laughs> when I first started. It was hard. But my muscles got stronger and stronger, and before you know it, I could, I could do the whole floor. Now I let my husband do it again, which I'm sure he's so grateful for. But I had to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Anyways, um, let's close in prayer. And then I, can I have, Linda, do you have time to pray with people today? And Diana, do you have time to pray with people? And Myra, do you have time to, okay, so you three will come up here and pray with people. And then I'm going to close in prayer. And if you need prayer, please get prayer from these amazing women. If you need to repent and you know that, then you come up to these women and they can uh, pray with you. You can confess your faults to them. I don't want to hear about it. Um, but you can tell them. They can pray with you, get you set right, get you to where you're not giving place to the enemy. And when you leave here today, you're going to have an opportunity to slip back into old habits. Don't take it. You're going to have an opportunity to, to do the thing that you're repenting from today. Don't take it. If you know it's coming, don't take it. Amen. Just don't trust your flesh. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always good. And you always are helping us to get stronger and to get better. And we thank you, Lord, for answers that we've been looking for and needing for however long we've been looking for and needing them for. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for keeping us alive long enough to hear this message. And thank you for your grace and your ability to get up and to do the things that we know to do, to repent that if we need to repent and to yield to the Holy Spirit and no other spirit at all in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness that you've already given us. Thank you for the, the life and the, the freedom that you've already given us. 
Thank you that you have already set us free so we don't have to go back under the, the being a servant of Satan in any way, shape, or form. You've already set us free. The chains are already broken. The fetters are already destroyed. We're already free, and we thank you for that, God, and we enforce our freedom now and today, and we thank you, and Lord, with your help, we'll see the tricks of the enemy and we'll not fall for them anymore. So I ask you, Lord, to help us today. Help us for the rest of our lives, God, especially in these weak areas that you know we have. Give us those checks. Help us. Don't let us override those checks. Even let, let them hear my voice saying, well, you can override the Holy Spirit if you want to, but it'd be a bad idea. Let them hear that, God, if they need to hear that. And we'll give you praise and glory for salvation, for helping us, for loving us, for restoring us. And just because you are God, in the name of Jesus, 